Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life, with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode of CareCast, we will talk about how condoms at the Olympics, a sexual encounter contract app in Sweden, and a pro-choice telethon are all connected. So here we are, Roland, for yet another CareCast podcast. Yes. Um, and uh, just so folks kind of know where we are, what we are in the midst of, it's actually Olympic, winter Olympic season right now. Yes, even though it was 78 degrees yesterday. Uh, I know, really, it's right, weird. exactly. I, yeah, and we're not in Florida. or Right, no, we're not. We're in northern Virginia, but yeah. but apparently in, in South Korea, where the Olympics are taking place, it is pretty darn cold right yeah, now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it's an appropriate climate for the winter Olympics. But, um, but now that we are in the midst of the Olympics, um, another th- this story seems to come up every time there's an Olympics event, whether it's summer or winter, mm-hmm. and that is the the distribution of enormous numbers of condoms. Yeah. Um, at the Olympics, so I think this year uh, there was um, over a hundred thousand condoms provided in the Olympic Village yep. for the athletes, and it averaged out to about thirty-seven condoms per athlete. That that was how many. Condoms for it's an event just, that takes a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, that that is absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, mind-boggling. So yeah. they're assuming that each and every person at the Olympics is going to have sex at least once per day, probably closer closer to twice per day for yeah. every day that they're at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, and and that's mm-hmm. not counting married couples who right. probably have already figured out their whole contraceptive right. approach to, to things. Right, right, right. right. So yeah. you probably got even more than that when you look at it in terms of the folks that are actually in the pool. Right, right, right. And then there's, you know, so it, it really is just sort of an amazing number yeah. uh, of condoms. And I actually wrote a piece about that last, I guess the last Olympics. Yeah, it was in the, the Summer Olympics in 2016 yeah. when we wrote about this. And, yeah. and they were just kind of bragging about how this is amazing. We're setting this record for, uh, for the number of condoms that we're distributing at, at the Olympics. And it just... It just seemed really odd to me, mm-hmm. you know, for a number of reasons. One, I mean, the the Olympics, you know, you, when this happens, mm-hmm. uh, there's always this focus on the Olympic spirit and what and what it's supposed to mean, what and, it embodies, yeah, what yeah. it embodies, and, and, and particularly the messaging that, that that the Olympics and the Olympic spirit is supposed to uh, uh, send to children and the next generation. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be about that and mm-hmm. and really trying to help the next generation. And then you have yeah, inspiring folks to greatness and to exactly, know, yeah. exactly. And then you've got this situation mm-hmm. where you know essentially what what they're what they're marketing mm-hmm. around this whole approach really is is a competitive nature to sex right, right. basically and, and I think one of the things I pointed out uh, last year that the the condoms themselves had the Olympic thing which was faster higher stronger yeah yeah, the, right the motto of the Olympics. The motto of the Olympics, year, yeah. and it was built into the condoms, which yeah. obviously— On the packaging, right? On yeah. the packaging, uh-huh. which obviously has you know some sexual overtones to it. So mm-hmm. it's really taking you know sex and turning it into sort of a, a competitive sport, yeah. you know, a predator sort of uh, predator-prey uh, sort of a dynamic mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and really de- de-linking it from any physical, emotional, spiritual, or social— mm-hmm. Uh, purpose right, or right. function. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's purely it's purely a physical transaction that is there yeah. f- to for our pleasure. Yeah. Um. And you know, and as you've pointed out, and as we've pointed out in several places, and we're going to get to actually how this obviously contributes to an abortion culture. Uh. But where it, it you know it really kind of feeds into this sort of predator prey. Yeah. Sort you know kind of paradigm around around sex. It's it's a purely physical act that is purely built upon. 
getting what you want out of it and getting what you need out of it in that moment. In that in that moment, and you know, of course, they you know they sort of sort of cloak all this and where this is around AIDS prevention and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I understand obviously understand mm-hmm. uh, you know the issues there, but mm-hmm. obviously there are certain STDs that are that are not. Uh, protected by condoms, right? Uh, HPV, HPV, human yeah. papillomavirus to be to be one mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective. But you know there are other ways that you can prevent mm-hmm. uh, AIDS as well, which is just kind of telling folks not to hook up, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, as yeah. well, encourage encourage them not to hook up, which mm-hmm. is not part of their messaging at all. Which is obviously mm-hmm. a more effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. more effective uh, way to make sure that there aren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, AIDS or various other things and also the whole notion around yeah. the hookup culture and, and, and the dangers that presents to folks that are involved. And I think one mm-hmm. of the big ironies here is that the Olympics in and of themselves, they have, they're kind of built on this notion that you're trying to add a transcendent meaning to sports. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. you no, know, you're not just running a race. Right. I mean, this is about the human experience, the human condition. So whether you come in first, second, third, last, whatever, it's all about this. So we're trying to take sports, mm-hmm. which is supposed to which can become mm-hmm. just first, second, third. And that all, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're saying, no, 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 there's a bigger meaning to this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, where they're trying to add meaning to sports, they're taking away meaning from sex, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really it's, yeah. it's just it's just odd and bizarre. Yeah. And certainly not the kind of message that that embodies the Olympic spirit as they mm. communicate it, and certainly not no. the kind of message that you want to communicate to children. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it's basically a lot, a lot of things end up dying on the altar of you know sexual freedom. Yeah. And I, I'm doing air quotes on sexual freedom that you obviously right. can't see in a podcast, but yep. you know it's billed as sexual freedom, but what it actually, obviously, as we know, does is enslave people to certain things that are not healthy. Um, and the other thing that occurred to me is that, you know, if basically what they're trying to do here is kind of optimize or maximize responsibility, right? They, they want people to be responsible, to have responsible sex, right? To prevent STDs, unplanned pregnancies, whatever it might be. So if that's really what, what they're trying to achieve, wouldn't they be encouraging people to bring their own form of birth control? <laughs> right. Whether exactly. it's a condom or something else. I mean, yeah, there's lots of forms exactly. of birth control available. So wouldn't – I mean, they have yeah. – they have – and the ability to require the athletes to do certain things, well, right? Well, in order to compete in the Olympics, there are certain standards, right? So why can't one of those standards be, we want you to be as responsible as possible when it comes to your sexual activity while right. you're here at the Olympics. So please bring your own contraception. And, and you know, when you think about it that way, it's is incredibly condescending for the athletes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about yeah. it. So you can, you, you can be disciplined enough to work out, Bring your shoes, your skis, your mm-hmm. everything. But God forbid you're responsible enough to actually bring your own contraception. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, to me, it, it, it yeah. is so. And that's right. why I'm saying it's it really is not just about that. Right. It, it really is about it really is about a perspective of of promoting a a worldview, a competitive nature mm-hmm. in, in in sex. Mm-hmm. Because again, these are folks that work every day, they eat their Wheaties, they you know yeah. they do oh, all yeah. this stuff. Some of the most disciplined most people disciplined in the world. People yeah. in the world. Yet they're not disciplined enough mm-hmm. that they can remember to bring their own comp- contraception to the game. And mm-hmm. they just love making a story out of this every single year. Mm-hmm. And we've set more records in terms of how many condoms. And the other thing that was really an odd article uh, that you actually uh, brought to mind was there was that was written uh, in the Atlantic, talking about the trials of being mar- a married Olympian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what they're actually pointing out in this article, and the heading is kind of is really uh, telling. It says two things that might not go together, like peas and carrots, marriage and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, 
And then they go in the article and they talk about married couples at the Olympics and how difficult it is for them with yeah. their children. You know, they have trying to sleep in uh, on these these twin beds that they're trying to move together, like mm-hmm. all the things that a married couple would need. So they basically have de-optimized it mm-hmm. for someone who's in a committed married relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've optimized it. For someone who is not. Who wants to participate in the hookup culture. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and so you're saying, hey, this is just about. I mean, yeah. this, no, actually, you right. actually are presenting a worldview. You're communicating a message that's reflected. And again, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to kind of cloak this thing under AIDS prevention. But it mm-hmm. really is not really about that. It yeah. really is about something very different from that in terms of promoting a perspective that mm-hmm. delinks sex from motherhood, fatherhood, marriage, uh, any anything else that, that that transcends beyond just the physical the physical act and, yep. and that's very dangerous as I said for the Olympic spirit and certainly not the kind of message that we want to communicate to children no absolutely not and the irony in this of course is it's the that second irony the, 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 another yet another irony is that and, and I really don't think that the, the folks that are kind of part of this movement uh, that we're talking about here I really don't think that they they have connected quite connected the dots on this although I think more and more people are but the irony is that this sort of this whole hookup culture this transactional predator prey competitive nature of sex has obviously led to quite a few problems yes. and it now has a hashtag called me too right? right the whole sexual assault you know crisis I suppose that we're having at some level in certain sectors of society especially it seems the entertainment sector that these things are of course connected right yeah, I mean yeah. we're, we we have a what's such a problem with you know with sexual assault and the whole me too movement as a result of there being basically a lack of consent right, right. I mean consent is really at the heart of all of this right because where there's consent then there's obviously no harassment or assault right um, but how do you really kind of figure out what consent looks like in a predator, prey, competitive, transactional view of what sex is? Right. And so as a result, countries like Sweden are now trying to kind of deal with this legally, right? right? right, right. So how do you deal with this issue of consent in such a way that's going to reconcile a hookup culture, right? Right. With a Me Too culture, right? How do you reconcile those two legally? So what... What's, you know, so, what, so what Sweden has done is, desi- is decided to um, – they've announced their plans. They, the, the prime minister and the ruling party just announced their plans to amend the nation's rape laws to include acts where, quote, the accuser hadn't given their explicit verbal agreement or clearly demonstrated their desire to engage in sexual activity. So if this new law is, is able to pass in Sweden, acts in, that fall under that category would now – be on equal ground as as rape. Those would be considered rape right. uh, from a legal perspective. Um, so, putting the you know putting the, the, that law aside for a moment, what's really interesting is how a company in Sweden is responding to the potential of that new law. The opportunity, yeah, the business opportunity. It's a business opportunity. So there's actually a company that is in the process of developing an app that would allow couples to actually sign a contractually binding legal agreement that would establish consent for the sexual act that they're presumably about to take part in. So the whole thinking there is that, you know, if you actually need to legally be establishing consent in this very proactive, sort of consistent, clear way, who's going to want to, like, you know, be signing some piece of paper or some, you know, legal contract that you have, like, in your dresser drawer or whatever. Um, So they said, you know, obviously in the age of smartphones, we'll just make an app. So you open up the app. There's an app for that. There's an app for that now. And so you click, I guess you 
e-sign this app or whatever. Yeah. And now you've both, you know, provided your provided your consent. Um, but the, but the thing is yeah. about this is that obviously this consent has to be consistent along the way. Right. So consent can be given and the consent can be taken away. Yeah. So. That presents some problems too. I consented to this, but I didn't consent to that. I consented to you touch me here, but not there. And I mean, right. those are the kinds of issues you still still deal with. So they also have a feature where that you could actually tape the entire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. engagement, mm-hmm, sexual mm-hmm. engagement, so that you can hear that, so you'll have records. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and then of course, then where does all of that data go? Right. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> in a cloud. In a cloud somewhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, it really is. It, it's. It's basically the undoing, in a sense, of the sexual revolution, yeah, right? Right. Because the sexual revolution, of course, as we mentioned earlier, is was all about quote sexual freedom, right? Right. We should have the freedom to have sex whenever, wherever, however, with whomever we would like. Right. It, it kind of goes into this whole notion of of of, of not just the what, but the, the why. why. So, yeah. what can we do to make sure mm-hmm. that every sexual interaction mm-hmm. has consent, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. As, as opposed to, why do we need to do something to make sure that every consent, yeah. uh, the, every sexual interaction has consent, yeah. Yeah. right? And it's tied to the hookup culture and all the mm-hmm. things that it is. And, and the reality is that, well, obviously there is a structure that God has designed mm-hmm. so that there is mutual consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not a contract relationship. It's actually a covenant relationship, mm-hmm. which is what happens in marriage. Right. 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 The M word. Yeah. The, the M yeah. word. Yeah. Which, so we're trying to do all the stuff to basically build <laughs> marriage, a right. marriage in air quotes. Here yeah. we go again. Uh-huh. Into sexual interactions that are not married. So we're right. trying to take the covenant nature of marriage, mm-hmm. which has this consent that is fluid, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's built into the very nature of it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in a sense, right? Um, and we're trying to build that into a contract relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. transactional relationship. Right, right. And it's the reason why we're running into such a problem because yep. implied in marriage is this notion that mm-hmm. the two of you are mutually consenting mm-hmm. to a sexual relationship. That's what that's that's about, which is yep. why you don't need a app in marriage in, right, order, right. To, in order to do that. So, so, so the upshot basically is yeah. that if this all comes to pass in Sweden and, and likely elsewhere if that happens – Basically, marriage will be the the freest place to have sex. I, that's what so, I, yeah. So, yeah, so true <laughs> sexual freedom yes. will actually be within marriage, which is basically what we were saying 50 years ago. Uh, well, before not, this, just, not just 50 years ago. Yeah. It's oh. kind of what God said in the beginning. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, until, <laughs> until about 50 years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. From the very beginning until about he 50 years ago. He was basically saying yeah. the truest sexual freedom is within yeah. a covenant relationship, and I've kind of laid that out for you. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, and we thought we knew better, and we tried to— change that all around and now 50 years later after the sexual revolution we're sort of like oh yeah yeah and again i don't think everyone is has connected these dots yet and maybe they never will um but like you said it's because people are asking the what and they're not asking the why yes and they're not necessarily and and i think a lot of the people who are sort of in this mindset um of this hookup culture um i think that even if the the truth was staring them in the face around Mm-hmm. W- w- the true, you know, nature of what marriage actually really is. Yeah. Um, I think even then they probably wouldn't even want to admit that no, because because right. w- we've just trained ourselves as a culture over the last 40, 50 years yeah. um, to, to essentially de- completely devalue marriage. There's really nothing good about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is. And, and, and mm-hmm. we've got to protect the hookup culture 
At all costs. At all costs. Yeah. At all costs. Yeah. Even if we have to do some crazy legal gymnastics to try to mm-hmm. to try to protect it, yeah. we have to protect it at all costs because right. there's a view that that has value. Uh, mm-hmm. In a way that marriage does not, which mm-hmm. obviously is is contrary to uh, certainly common sense, what people mm-hmm. experience in the public square, but also, frankly, yes. what uh, what a biblical worldview yeah. and, and God's design for fatherhood, marriage, sex, all those right. things linked together. Yeah. So, and there's like this fear that you know, well, well, if we start talking, saying good things about marriage, then we're gonna you know go back to you know to some culture where you know marriage is enslaving people and all those other things. And it's like, yeah. you mean you want to go back to a time when we didn't have to sign a contract in an app before we, you know, every sexual encounter, you know, it's, so it's, yeah, it's just, there's just double-mindedness there. Yes. Um, in, uh, in many, many ways. In many ways. Um, now, of course, all of this, you know, after all, uh, CareNet is a pro-abundant life organization and we, uh, we are in the business of uh, providing compassionate support to those who are in the midst of making pregnancy decisions and saving babies and, and, and building families. And so how does all of this kind of play into all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really, you know, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, this whole kind of hookup culture and sexual freedom and all these other things, of course, are, you know, one of the, the pillars, so to speak, that sort of supports all of that is our abortion culture, right? right. So in, in the minds of the folks who are, right. you know, building and, and sustaining this culture, they basically realize that they – they think they need to have abortion yeah. in order to sustain that sort of that sort of culture around sex. And so if you want to look where that all leads you right, right. Um, in terms of rabidly pro-abortion mentality where abortion is really you know, put on a pedestal as this, you know, sacred, yeah. sacred right. So there was a telethon uh, that recently that was hosted by the Lady Parts Justice League called Life is a Living Nightmare, a telethon to fix it. Right. Right, and this wasn't just some crazy in, internet yeah. kind of thing. I mean, right. This was not yeah. a fringe thing. Yeah, this was comedian Sarah Silverman, who's sort of considered a mainstream comedian, yeah. and then the person who I guess founded uh, the Daily Show, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liz Liz Winstead. Um, yeah. So these are you know kind of mainstream comedians. Um, they had Mark Hamill, the actor who plays Luke Skywalker, um, as one of their special guests. So this was not fringe. This was like the mainstream of pro-choice America right now. We, we talk about all these things, and some folks, maybe even folks who are listening to this podcast right now, might be asking themselves, well, you know, what's the big deal of condoms at the Olympics? You know, what's the big deal if, you know, you have to sign an app for... So, all, you know, so ideas have consequences. And, you know, all of these things sort of lead to this culture in which it's a natural outworking for you to have to talk about abortion in the way that those folks are talking about abortion right. in order to sort of logically get back to the beginning which was hookup, sex, all of that other stuff. So it actually isn't sort of an outlier or a bug in the system for these folks to be kind of talking about abortion in the way that they're talking about it as this basically, you know, this sacrament. Um, it's really just a natural outworking. It, it's where you get logically when you have this mentality, right? Because you have to, they, they, in their view, they have to defend abortion in this way. What we saw in this telethon, and you actually did a live chat about this, right. was that, they were actually joking about eating the flesh of unborn I know. Children. Just, it, you, you can't make you can't make this yeah. stuff up. I mean, you, I mean, you just you wouldn't be able to. I mean, you wouldn't even believe that you know that you could have someone uh, making the kinds of jokes. I think if she was uh, ta- Silverman was talking about a, a law that was talking about protecting uh, uh, 
one that we're protecting, the, at least giving the opportunity for either cremation or a burial of mm-hmm. an aborted fetus. And, mm-hmm. and she made a comment, I'm paraphrasing to some degree, that, mm-hmm. you know, that nothing makes her want to eat a, an ab- uh, aborted fetus more than this law. Right, right. I mean, just the, the, the notion there. Yeah. And the callousness and the mm-hmm. crassness of, of a statement like that, mm-hmm. um, because basically what you're implying is that th- this fetus is not a life; it has no value, mm-hmm. right, in any way, shape, or form. And anyone who thinks that it does is sort of kind of messed up. Don't you understand that this isn't anything that's significant? But you know, just even if you go outside the abortion issue and you look at you know just the, the hundreds, thousands, millions, who knows, of women who have had. Mm-hmm. Miscarriages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know mourn that loss, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have funerals for those children. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're saying to all those women, like, mm-hmm. "What are you, some kind of idiot?" Yeah. Um, yeah. That you're trying to have a funeral for for mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a child that you miscarried. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still the same situation, right? Right. right. And uh, and and she doesn't even connect that because she's so committed mm-hmm. uh, to uh, promoting. Abortion that yep. she doesn't even understand or doesn't see, mm-hmm. you know, how callous that is. It's very sad. I mean, obviously, on our end, I mean, mm-hmm. as Christians, mm-hmm. uh, we certainly want to pray for folks that have this perspective, that have these scales over their eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so committed uh, to, to something that is contrary mm-hmm. uh, to human nature mm-hmm. and certainly contrary uh, to any perspective that God would have about life and how it should be valued. Uh, that they're to that point that, that that you would do a show about this and, and, mm-hmm. and joke about this uh, in a way that's harmful to so, to so many. It's it's really very troubling. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And and you know, there, and there was other aspects of this of this telethon that, you know, th- this the uh, the folks that are again sort of in this worldview around abortion and and the transactional kind of nature of sex. You know, one of their big kind of calling cards is that we, you know our culture objectifies women, right? We have to we have to end we have to stop the objectification of women, right? But at this telethon, they actually had somebody dressed in a giant uh, vagina costume dancing on stage. So, like, isn't that actually like by definition like yeah. the absolute epitome of the objectification of women? You're literally making an object, yeah, exactly. out of a woman's body, right, and using it as a prop. Yeah. In in a stage show sure. to get laughs and to raise money. I mean, I can't think of anything that's more objectifying. Absolutely. But they completely get a pass on all of that stuff. And then the folks on our side who are basically saying that unborn children, both male and female, right. <laughs> in the womb are lives worthy of protection. Yes. We're the crazy ones. I know. <laughs> it, is, it, really is, it really is a situation where, you know, it, uh, it's just logic – is turned upside down, flipped on its head, mm-hmm. uh, and and this telethon is 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 sort of a part of that. So mm-hmm. you know we you know again you know I think one of the things that we, that we try to do here mm-hmm. is to try to connect the dots for some of these things. I mean, right. independently, maybe you can make some arguments. That's an isolated incident mm-hmm. that that really right. isn't connecting anything. But when you when you start to look at all these things linked together, you can see that there there's a perspective here. There's a narrative that you're seeing. Uh, and that and that there's an, an end result, and it does lead to abortion because if you are going to have a hookup culture, mm-hmm. if you are going to have a situation where you're going to turn sex into a competitive sport, mm-hmm. if you are going to allow as a result sex to be a predator prey type of dynamic, mm-hmm. that means invariably there are going to be some folks who have sex 
maybe regret it later or something like that in, in some way, shape, or form, but maybe pregnant. And mm-hmm. then as a result, they're going to need a way to kind of get out of that situation, right. so to speak, in, yeah. in their mind, mm-hmm. which means we're going to have to have unfettered access to abortion. Right. So it, it actually it's all, all... It's a continuum. It's Absolutely. all a continuum. It all leads to the same. One thing is, is a logical outworking of, of, the, of, the, of the next. Of the other thing. And that's why you see folks so committed to mm-hmm. abortion because mm-hmm. they're so committed to a worldview mm-hmm. that makes it more probable to have abortions. And that's why, you know, mm-hmm. by and large, abortion didn't do anything it was promised to do. It said, well, there are going to be less kids who, who are born out of wedlock. Wrong. Skyrocketed. Yeah, skyrocketed. There are going to be less kids who are going to need to be adopted. Well, that skyrocketed too. There's going to be less this, less, less, all kinds of things. Yeah, and yeah. frankly, there was going to be less abortions once you made it legal. That was part of the narrative as well, right? 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 And that's why it was safe, legal, and rare was yeah. was part of the mantra for a while. Yeah. And actually, none of that stuff has happened. All the opposite has happened mm-hmm. uh, because told, it is again logically coupled yes. with this mentality around what. The purpose of sex is yes, which is basically that it's purposeless. It's purposeless. It has yeah. no meaning. But right. the Olympics yeah. now they have meaning. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so we try to add meaning to things that don't have meaning. Right, right, right. But the things that truly have meaning. Yeah, we try to take it away. Marriage, motherhood, fatherhood. You know, any of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith. We try to take all the meaning out of things that actually intrinsically have meaning, and then we try to add meaning mm-hmm. back to things that don't. It's mm-hmm. really a, a bizarre thing, it and bizarre. it does our culture is kind of flipped on its head. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of yeah, man. Whew, that was that was a lot to get I'm out. Spent. Yeah. 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 But Roll and I will see you next time. Yes. Until next time, and God bless you daily as you serve Him faithfully. Amen. <laughs>